It's Moments with Mariner with Dr. Melvin Mariner of Grove Church, Portsmouth, Virginia. In our daily plans, we must always give respect to the movement of the Holy Spirit. It is not God who has to make the adjustment. It is those of us who are here who must make the adjustment while others are worshiping, praying, petitioning God. The Mother Spirit of God is hovering and moving and yet revealing truth. While the Holy Spirit is covering and the Holy Spirit is holding together, while the Holy Spirit is breaking yokes, destroying bondages, we must... must allow God to be God and find it comfortable to be subject to his movement. We thank God for his spirit and I pray that those of you who do not have an understanding of what was occurring will just be open-minded to what Lord will speak into your life. Thank you, Lord. In the eighth chapter of Romans, chapter eight, verse 28, this fourth most quoted and favorite scripture throughout all Christendom, we hear these words, and yet, whenever the Holy Spirit interrupts we will cease to speak. Romans 8 says, and we know that God, God, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew in, knew his people in advance, but yet he still saved us. And he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. You can't take it. You can't rob God of his glory. But God will give it to you. You may be seated. This is part two of last... Sunday morning sermon. Not sure how far we may be able to get today based upon the respect that we have and I have for the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit has, has captivated us, first of all, through the singing of the, the lyrics that touched our hearts and our minds, 
made us go into a celestial praise where God's angels join in chorus with us, singing to the glory of his majesty. And we declare on this wonderful day the Lord has given that God is still good. I want to share with you as brief as I can today, I want to share with you from Romans chapter 8, um, this perhaps brief recap and sermon in verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together. Causes everything to work together. It doesn't have to end like this. I really want you to say it with me. It doesn't have to end like this. This is just part of the process. It is, it is the place of maturation. God is maturing us in the painful process of our journey. We discussed on last week, if you remember, that I said that bad things and bad seasons happen to all people. It rains on the just as well as those who are unjust. I guess in the more contemporary statement, it rains on the saved and unsaved. It rains on the redeemed and unredeemed. It rains on those who are churchy and those who are not. The Bible really talks to us about honesty, authentic expressions of how we feel within. Bad things will happen. I'm not always sure why God permits what he could prevent, but I've learned to trust the process while going, going through a painful experience. These words by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome are fitting for the season if we find ourselves as we still are in our series of family matters how to make sure that those in our family have the arsenal and the knowledge to move beyond the temporary and understand the permanent presence of God. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not prematurely judge you. But God, according to Romans, knew his people in advance. This verse, this verse, this verse, and, and I must be honest as a theologian, as a pastor, that this verse is sometimes misused. It's misused by well-meaning Christians who throw it in the face of people who have opposition as somehow to make their pain and their discomfort a little bit easier. It is not God's intent to make that which is traumatic easier because God has a reason that many of us will never understand because our finite mind can never understand nor embrace the infinite mind of a holy God. I wish I could as a theologian explain to you all the precepts and all the workings of God, the mechanics of who God is and how he functions but that is above my pay grade. I am but a, a underservant, a servant leader who must trust in the same God that you who sit in the pews must trust. 
We must be cautious and simply not try to minimize the level of responsibility or weight that another person is carrying or going through by simply throwing a fast pitch or scripture at them as though everybody can hit what you throw. Y'all got to help me today as I try to move. This verse is often misused because we want to bring immediate comfort rather than trusting God through the process that is often uncomfortable. And I'm like you, I don't like uncomfortable things. I don't like things that bring me a level of frustration, but I've learned that it is in those moments, and I don't always understand, that I seem to either grow the more or become weaker because I cease to trust God in my process. When it is misused, it is, it is thrown at people to somehow make them deny their real authentic expression, what they are going through, as though we want to eliminate their reality by telling them a lie, and now they build everything on a lie and never the endurance or perseverance that's required to move from point A to point B. I want you to help me because we also discussed last week because many of us who have been in traumatic relationships, oh no, period. Anybody who's ever been in a relationship, I don't care how healthy it is, have had some traumatic experiences that we call post-traumatic stress disorder. We've all had some something that happened in life where it left us bruised, it left us crippled, it left us walking with a limp, it left our minds wondering, is God really up there? Maybe I'm talking to a few of y'all, but all of us have asked this question, where are you God in my hour of greater need? Must this word PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is all we mostly hear about, but I introduced to some of you last week other psychologist term called PTG, PTG. PTG is post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is that I now can thank God for the affliction, that while I was in the affliction, I was in tears, but after the process, after, 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 after the traumatic experience, I found myself growing exponentially in areas that I never would have grown in if I had not gone through that experience. I hope y'all pray with us. That's why the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, to make sure we put on the whole armor of God that we might stand against the wiles of the enemy. And when we have done all to stand, the Bible says, keep on standing. It is in the essence of our text that I want you to know that the pre-qualifying conditions are still the standard for God bringing everything together. 
There are some things you can't tap into. There are some things you cannot unlock unless you have the combination. The last time I checked, the word of God says, for those of you who love me, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. My God, and therefore these keys can open an abundance of treasures in your life. If you would just believe God and trust him in the moments of our discomfort. We find now that God desires, listen, God desires that we, we just don't focus on the goal. We, we are goal-oriented people. We want outcomes, but yet we don't learn about the process. Do you not know the process is just as important as the outcome? Because the process is where you are matured. The process is where you are strengthened. The process is where the light bulb comes on and say, you are not never ever go this way again. It is in the process that we learn about our weaknesses and our strengths. The process is where we are integrated with God, but the outcome is what God does. The process is what we do together, but the outcome is what God does. Let me say it again. The process is where we interchange with God, dialogue with God, but the outcome is up to God. I don't think you got it. I don't think you got it. They can throw stones and put you in valleys and put you in pits. But even those pits, even those moments when they hurt you cannot stop God from the outcome he is already predestined. I wish you would just shout one time, they can't stop God. They can't stop God, and if they can't stop God, and you are tethered with God, wherever God goes, he's dragging you along. Okay, y'all just didn't get that. This word that God shares with us today, it must us know that we focus on the goal, but God focuses on the journey. What have you learned in the journey, in the process? What have you learned between midnight and the morning, the morning and the night? What have you learned during this season of unfulfillment? Last week, we got to move on. Last week, we mentioned to you Joseph's story, how he managed being mistreated by his brothers, falsely accused by the mistress of the house, and then brought God brought things together. But let me remind you of a few others who had some hardships, but God brought things together. Abraham was told to sacrifice his son Isaac. That was to be his mission. It was clearly stated, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your firstborn and give him an offering to me. It was communicated by God. But in the process, while God observed Abraham's actions, while God, God observed Abraham's fears, it was then that God saw Abraham express his obedience to God by being willing to offer his son back to God. But God was simply seeing how far he would go in order to show his allegiance. God put bricks on Abraham and said, Abraham, no, no, no. And Abraham looked around and heard a ram caught in the bush. 
I want you to know that God is simply seeing how far you are willing to go to stay in obedience. God, I wish y'all would help me. God is looking and observing how far you would go and being in allegiance to his word, even if it means causing you temporary grief. I want to remind every one of you that you have a ram in the bush. If you trust God, God will show you the ram in the bush. If you believe God, he'll show you that you won't have to suffer in this any longer because God has already positioned a lamb. I want to remind you of David. David was anointed to be king of Israel. That was the promise of God. Even Saul, Samuel told him that. But when a short time David became the object of King Saul's jealousy and wrath. And for 13 years or more, David being anointed king of Israel had to wait on his crown. King Saul sought his life and for 13 years or more, David was on the run before God brought things together and became the greatest king of all Israel. Must I remind you of Hosea the prophet? Hosea was told by God to go marry a prostitute. That's some strange language God tells Hosea. Hosea, I want you to go get Goma. Goma was a harlot, but God told Hosea the prophet to marry a harlot. And, and then, then on top of all of that, Hosea found out that the babies that they had together weren't really his. Then God, then God, then God said, Hosea, go get her, go get her. She left him after, after all that time he put up with her. God says, go get her. God was bringing things together. How was God bringing things together with Hosea and Goma? Because Hosea and Goma represent the kingdom. God is Hosea and Goma, the prostitute, is all of us. And God says, no matter what you do and no matter how many things you have out of wedlock, because I'm God and because I'm Hosea, I'm coming after you. I don't know how many people I'm talking to right now, but you ought to give God praise for coming after you, Goma. For coming after you, Goma. For coming after you, Goma. And how God brought things together because he recognized how we had idolatry in our hearts. Then we find out now, and I've tried to move on, y'all pray with me, that God is indeed working, not always immediately visible, but God is working to grow you. This has been, this has been my, my focus for the last 32 years to grow, not just to say God gonna bless you, but God's gonna help you change your character. If God keeps blessing you and you don't change for better, then the blessings are somewhat in vain. All you get is a hopscotchman ministry when you just jump from one place to another, but you can't endure the pain of life. I want you to know that there are some things you just got to endure. I just want you to know that there's something you just got to stand on the promises of God and trust God. I want you to hear me right now. There are some things when you just simply have to cry all night long, but you know joy is coming in the morning. I can't explain to you, but I know the truth. There are some valleys you will have to go through and there are some mountains you will have to face.
place. But when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, you can endure the valley and you can endure the mountain. I need some help today. I'm trying to get y'all out of here. Y'all sit down for a moment. The working, the working of our text. The Bible says that all things work together. Oh my God, work together for the good. That's not immediate, but it's working together for the good. It won't replace the tears you shed. It won't replace the negative episodes you endured, but it'll bring focus to your life. And there is a way of processing the things that happen in your life. Sickness is not good. Murder is not good. Divorce is not good. Suicide is not good. The death of a child is not good. Losing your job is not good. Being lied to is not good. Being betrayed is not good. Being stabbed in the back is not good. Being born in the world but not raised with love is not good. It's not good of some of the things we have to go through as a people of color being charged as guilty because of the color of our skin but being now negated because of the strength we bore. We must now understand that those things in life aren't good. Then how can God turn those things into good? It is not that God will turn those things into good. What you lost, you lost. Y'all gotta help me right now. What you lost, you lost. What you've been through, you've been through. And I'm tired of folk telling you a sob, sob story about your boo left you, but God, God is gonna bring you another boo. Sometimes it's not about another boo. Sometimes it's about me changing so I will not attract the same person who hurt me in the beginning. If, if you do not change, you will attract the same boo who just hurt you the last time. And at some point, all your boos are going to do the same thing because you have a magnet that draws the same people into your life. Oh, but when you start to change, when you start to transform, when you start to be renewed in the power of your mind, you stop attracting the same garbage. I wish y'all help me today. I wish y'all help me today. If you don't change your bait, you will catch the same level of fish. Here it is, Paul. Paul is Paul. Paul is Paul is not saying that whatever happens in your life is good. My God, I got some sob and sad stories. What Paul is saying, he's not saying that all your sufferings and evil and tragedy are good. No, he is not saying that everything in your life that turned out for the negative is good. But what Paul is saying to us, that God will gather all of the ingredients together and make something better in your life. But remember, there are prerequisites. You can't get some stuff unless you got the combination. And the combination is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. 
and if you put all three together, you come out on top. And that's why the world can't stop you. Because God is leading you. I wish I could get somebody to help me praise God right now. That's why you keep climbing. That's why you keep marching. That's why you keep standing. That's why you keep beautifying yourself. Because you realize who you are in God. And when you know that you know that you know. When you know that you know, I'm getting a little happy right now, but when you know that you know that you know, nobody can make me doubt him because I know too much about him. He's my alpha and my omega. He's the beginning and the end. I'm trying to get y'all out of here. But y'all, y'all sit down. Y'all, y'all sit down. But, but let me just kind of go over some things with you. Last week I gave you, y'all sit down. And we know, I'm not trying to shout y'all happy. I am not trying to shout y'all happy. But if that's a part of what will happen, that's okay. But I'm trying to make sure that we change something within. Because there's something within that holds back the rain. There's something within I cannot explain. There is something within. I shared with you last week. You got to know that you know. That's a definitive spiritual acknowledgement. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that my God is able to raise a standard. We dealt with a, that last week, a definitive spiritual acknowledgement. You can't be halfway convinced. If you are halfway convinced, you get half of the blessing. Half of the blessing still won't give you what you know you need in this life. You have to know God. And the Apostle Paul says, I don't just want to know who he, what he's done, but I want to know God and then the power of his resurrection. I want to know how he got up from the grave. I want to know how when they let him bleed out, he still had more life to live. I want to know how when they betrayed him, he still loved on them. I want to know how they buried him, but yet they went to see him, but he wasn't there. I want to know. Y'all help me, y'all help me. One, a divine spiritual acknowledgement you got to know. Mama can't make you know. Daddy can't make you know. You have to know. Are, are there some doubts in my mind about scripture? Yes. But there's no doubt in my mind about God. The next thing I shared with you last week is that God calls this. Remember I said the process is both of your responsibility but the outcome is God's. That verse says that God causes. That means a definitive divine obligation. That God, God obligates himself by choice. And there is absolutely nothing you can do to make God cease being God. He chose to love you. You weren't lovable, but he chose you before you lost the weight, before you added hair color, before you added new nails and new eyelashes, he loved you in your rawness. <laughs> it's 
wrong in the world who wants you to make up and pretend you are somebody else. But God loved you when you felt that you were ugly. God loved you when you felt that you were unattractive. God loved you when you felt that you were unworthy. God loved you when you felt you were inadequate. God loved you with short hair, no hair, or a bald head. God loved you with no nails, no lipstick, no hips, or more hips. God loved you no matter what you look like because it's by choice. I'm sorry, is this too much for y'all on the down? I'm trying to get y'all out of here. It's by choice. That's the, that, that, that is the epitome of love. You might like certain things, but if that thing changes because of love, you will not treat that thing as less than. Some of y'all can get that going on the way home. A definitive divine obligation. Next thing I shared with you, I want to share with you now, is that Romans 8, 28 doesn't mean we can live any way we choose. And God's going to fix it. <laughs> Okay, say with me. We have to be willing to accept correction and endure the consequences or punishment of our actions. One thing most of us could endure that when, when we were children, old school, not new school, and when we were punished or spanked, you can't use the word beat these days. We were beat, but not beat severely that we could not live. I, I couldn't sit down for a few moments, but that was okay. Y'all sit with me. Most of us, some of us like to be spanked because mama or daddy talked too much. See, my mama could talk when she was angry at me. I'd rather get a spanking and go outside and play than hear her. And, and then they get to the point that while they spanking you, they still talking. Can you just get it over with a Can you just be quiet? My point is this. If you knew you had a loving parent, you didn't like the spanking, you didn't like the discipline or punishment, but you knew that they were doing it to protect you from some harm that could cause you more danger in the future. So why is it that we don't like when God chastises us? We want to be, we, are, we, are, we have been so perverted through religion and through prosperity ministry that we don't even think that God can get angry at us and chastise us and hold us accountable for the stuff we do wrong. But we got to be willing to accept correction and then endure. Didn't I tell you, don't do this again. <laughs> and we got to be patient enough to endure the consequences of our actions. I'm almost there, church. I got two more things, and I promise you, I know time went over. 
Our goal is to get you out of, anyway, forget it. God knew what he was doing. And he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who loved him. And God does not stop, God does not prevent every negative thing from happening to you. He doesn't stop you from going down the wrong road, but he'll give you indicators. The road you're going down is only a one-way street, and you're going down the wrong direction. But I want you to know right now that his word says, King James, all things work together for the good. Stay with me, two more man in a minute. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. What does all mean? Everything. All is 99 plus one. No one has ever seen or heard of God like you. God who works in your life may work in my life totally differently than he's working in your life. I want you to know this, that there will be nothing wasted. Get this, I'm coming, get this, I gotta go. There will be nothing wasted. Every tear you cried in loving God and being hurt, God was catching those tears. Every pain you felt, God was there with you, registering those pains in his registry of hope. I want you to know that there will be nothing wasted that you've gone through because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. Every pain, everything, every pain you felt, every tear you've cried, every fear that you've fought, every burden that you have carried, every abuse that you have taken, every lie that's being rumored, every wound that left you unattended, every heart that's been broken, every sickness you have borne, every dream that's been crushed, every sacrifice that you have made, every valley that you've experienced, every ounce of joy lost to depression, every mountain that blocked your vision, every hater that knocked you down, every toxic relationship that left you wounded and busted, and everything you've endured, God is putting those things together and saying, watch me work this thing out in your life. God, God, y'all gotta hear me. God has not forgotten anything you've been through. God has not forgotten any of it and will promote you despite your hiccups, despite your hangups, despite your hurts, despite your habits. I dare you to get your life ready because God is about to show you how everything you've been through, every pain you have felt, every hurt you've been through, is now it's gonna work out for your good. He left you, but it's going to work out for your good. She left you, but it's going to work out for your good. Why? Because God knows how to bring these things together. Come on, Donald, play. I'm ready to close. I got to go now. But the last thing I want you to know that there is a definitive dynamic integration. There is a definitive integration. All things will do what? Work together. 
for the good. The Greek word that we look at means it's synergy. We draw our English word from the Greek word sunigio. Sunigio simply means coming together. We get out of that Greek word synergism. Synergy means the putting together of different things. You have five fingers on one hand. Every finger has their own scars, their own strengths, their own fingerprints. Individually, they are not too strong to, by themselves. But when you put all five together, you now have a force to be reckoned with. So I want you to understand what God is doing in your life. He sees all things that have come your way to take you out. What the enemy meant for evil, God said, but hold up. I'm going to take all five of those straggling things and bring those things together. And now you are a force to be reckoned with. As I close today's sermon, God takes the trials he takes your successes. And many of us who respect and honor our culture, the people of color, black Americans, we took the worst of what they gave us and turned into delicacies. I don't eat pig feet. I don't eat chitlins. Chitterlings. But I'm grateful that they had the mindset to take what was not wanted and make delicacies. The other day, I was in the district. The district is a restaurant downtown Portsmouth. I saw some white folk ordering pig feet. It almost knocked me off my feet that now white folk are ordering the delicacies that they didn't want then, but understand because when you add the touch of a people who've been through oppression, when you add the value of those who've been through some hell, when you add the value of those who've been knocked down to stay down, it always adds value to how things taste. Pastor Jamin, do you mind coming, man, and just closing out? Um, I, I close with this and not trying to belabor the hour. I think you get my point. In my college days, I, I had to work summer jobs. I was fortunate enough that most of my semesters, my mom and my dad provided for me that I could study and still make C's. I remember one summer job, I worked at a company called Warwick Manufacturer. It was a refrigerator plant. And I worked on the assembly line. And there were four major components, the compressor, the evaporator, the condenser, and a thermal expansion valve. My assignment on the assembly line was to install the condenser. Its main purpose was to liquefy the refrigerant gas sucked by the compressor from the evaporator. 
And every day, all day, I would just stand online and just screwing in the, the compressor. But a compressor did not make the refrigerator work alone. Everything had to be pulled together. The, the body of the refrigerator doors, it wasn't good just by me putting in the compressor. But at the end of the line, at the end of the line, everything was assembled together. And now it had more value because everything now was put in place. As you stand with me on your feet right now, I don't know what PTSD you're struggling with. I don't know what has caused you so much pain that you can't see God. I don't know what has happened in your life that you don't believe that God would turn things around. But I want you to know that you can't look at the journey because the outcome is quite different than the journey. The outcome is whole, while the journey is in pieces. The outcome is complete. The journey is scattered. But I still want you to know today, church, that I go to my seat, that God is about to give you the outcome that you've been expecting. Your latter days, oh, help me. Your latter days, your latter days shall be greater than your former days. Because now I've added to my cognitive thoughts. I've added to my thinking. And now when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I have an abundance of experience that lets me know that it doesn't have to end like this. Because God is about to do something supernatural. Can you lift your hands in the air for a moment as Pastor Jamie comes? But can you lift your hands in the air and just say with me, it's not over. I'm just in process. I gotta work this thing out. But God is right with me. The outcome belongs to God. And I know how much he loves me. And he will never give me less than what he has. So guess what? From this day forward, I'm gonna learn how to praise him. I'm gonna learn how to shout. Not when the battle's over, but right in the middle of the battle. I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna thank him. For it isn't over until he says it's over. Let's get going. We want to thank you for listening to Moments with Mariner. To connect with Dr. Mariner, visit grovechurchva.com.